live from Mountain Julia, Tennessee. I'm John. This is Johnny. Another episode of Talk About That. Yeah. It's not live. It's is not it? live. What do no, you? I'm sorry. You've already set these people False up. False advertisements. Live for us. This is probably highly edited, too. Yeah. <laughs> We added out the, most of the things Johnny says. I go back and change. <laughs> My buddy Dustin Nickerson, who's a comedian, uh, DustinNickerson.com. He's doing really well for himself. Not a sponsor. Though. Anyway, he has a bit about how like people come to, to all the time. They're like, "It's so great that you don't use curse words in your show, and we can bring our kids." It's so great, and he's just like, "I really appreciate it." But the honest truth is, like, I work clean. Because but I'm a, as a father of three, at the end of the by the time I get to the show, I'm already out of curse words for the day. Like I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like a left turn like that sometimes when people like try to make you up to be this like right. You know, you're a huge like stalwart of. If only there were more oh, people like you, and you're like, no, actually, I'm a pretty awful person. The moral <laughs> compass is like, yeah, it points southwest. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that's funny. So uh, you're about to travel. I have a show tonight in town. Yeah, which you won't, you won't come to, but that's okay. Oh, I'm coaching a volleyball it's game. It's Tuesday night. You're a busy guy. You know I have three volleyball games. You can't be coming out to shows and supporting people. I can't, wh- are you coming to my volleyball game? This are week? you playing volleyball? I'm coaching volleyball. <laughs> as, as some might say that's more important. I, I don't know anybody I that would say that. I can't say that. <laughs> What basically is your role just to keep the kids from yelling when they think the ball was in when it was really out? <laughs> is it is it a lot of John McEnroe well, behavior? I'm, just, I'm one of the assistants, so um, mainly, and you can only have like one coach down at the end. Like the refs are real uh, down at the at the head of the bench, yeah. so I generally go to the tail of the bench. You keep the kids back from swarm. Like if there's a fight, we don't you have keep a lot them of all that from running in. in girls middle school volleyball. Not a lot of fights uh, happening. Hair pulling and but such. But I am back there where they're serving usually, so I'm reminding them like, "Hey, watch the line cuz they can footfall." Oh, right. Know, they step and, on the line and, and thing. I'll give me sometimes I'll even like tell them where I want them to try to target their serves. Yeah. Only a couple girls can do that, you know. I was a pretty good serve, by the way. When I played, you volleyball. were. I played just not. It wasn't like professional or intramural or anything. No, you didn't play professional. Well, volleyball? Well, not professional. It wasn't organized. But I'm saying when I played <laughs> it wasn't volleyball, organized. I'm saying when I played volleyball, you know, I'm six four. I can serve. I can. Were y'all like using a kickball at the time, or were you using a real volleyball? It was a real volleyball, okay, John. Okay. Gosh, it was a Voight. <laughs> <laughs> it was an off-brand. Do you remember whenever we uh, we used to we were building the we were doing the, one of the MJ five Ks. Yeah. So I organized everybody for our listeners. I organized the first 5K race in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. It was, and I dubbed it the MJ 5K. The MJ 5K because it rolled right off the tongue. I'm all about branding, Johnny. You know that. I'm all about branding. Didn't somebody take it? Somebody took my course. So I paid to have, we paid the church. We had uh, yeah, a course certified. certified. Mm-hmm. It was out in this new Providence area that's, you know, just... Oh, the whole city was then. a buzz. Oh, my gosh. It was such a huge deal. And so it was a uh, it was a pretty big deal. And we it were, was. We had a few hundred runners. Yeah, we were raising money for uh, a missions organization. Yep. And we had it all, you know, everybody had their tags. We hired the race management company to come. We didn't have chips back then, you know, where they were like really... We had the big timer clock, though. We had the timer clock and... They would they would mark your you time. Did, people when you use cross. chips for five Ks now. Yeah, really. Yeah, because then as soon as you cross the finish line, it's a because if, if you have a point, if you have like a millisecond, oh, right. you could be going for yeah, right. It'll tell you exactly. Um, and so uh, people would donate in kind donations. You know, we would make these bags and stuff. Yeah. But back then, uh, somebody for some reason had access to like just boxes and boxes of cheap uh, volleyballs. Do you remember that? No. Those white volleyballs, the little ones? 
We had volleyballs in their tote bags? No, we couldn't oh. do anything with them. Like, oh. I'm not going to give a volleyball in the tote bag at That's a weirdest 5K. gift yeah, ever Yeah, it was like a, a small. So, so I just, we go. had them out here in one of these storage trailers for years and years, and they just kept getting moved from trailer to trailer. Were they inflated? No, like oh. in a boxes. And so, Flattened but, and, and, volleyballs. Yeah, and they're kind of cheap, you know. So basically, though, when my kids started playing volleyball, it was like 10 years later, 12 years later, I went out there and took the volleyballs. Because, Are they good volleyballs? No. Oh. But they're good for practice. Like, I could put them in the, in the ball cart. But then you're just gets hammer. used to well but some of us just reps a like terrible i just throw stuff up for a for a drill we don't have to come shag oh, the ball every time you right. know and go find it so anyway that being said uh that this reminded me when so we you use church balls. goods for your own gain i had permission so they it was either that or throw did them you the, have permission from the lord it, <laughs> it was either that or throw them in the dumpster you know what i'm saying so uh, <laughs> i don't care if you use dry rotted volleyballs john <laughs> no they were still good they were still good they just they're not a great volleyball they're not yeah. the one of the expensive ones but they're a volleyball like you can hit it over a net so you played and you had a good serve that's where we were it's fine john i just i know you did make you it, underhand i know you'd find a way to make it about you were you underhand i was overhand serving it. oh wow because in tall. what grade i'm a tall person this was high school. I'm just, you know, playing, oh, hanging out. Zinging them in there. No, I wasn't great. It was, it was you know. Was well, you okay. know, that's what I do now. So uh, for a lot of the practice, because we're trying to get a lot of live reps, you know, mm-hmm. I'll put the JV squad on my side and just kind of have them in their, you know, defensive position and put the varsity on the other side. And I'll just, for take an hour, yeah. and I'll just zing overhanded serves at them because i figure if they can return my serve most of the time they're not going to get a serve in middle school quite you know so but you my think all, you're pretty powerful well i'm saying that middle school girls are probably my level of competition in volleyball oh, okay. i so think is what this proves it's a good you know i only cried a few times but okay. you know, it was okay i actually have my arms gotten pretty sore doing it several days several practices in a row just like you'll have one arm it's a big gun it's like just ripped. one well, yeah exactly i do one armed push-ups all the time so that happened to a kid. There was a kid. Uh, you know, there's always the one kid that breaks his leg when you're in school or whatever, and then he's in, on crutches for always the whole year. the one kid. Yeah, there's always like the one kid that gets injured, a weird injury. That's a weird stereotype. You know what I'm saying? You're, you have the one kid that has the ca- his arms in a cast, and you're like, oh, this poor guy. He's trying to scratch it with forks and stuff. Well, this guy had like a broken leg, so he was on crutches the whole school year. And I remember when they took that cast off, his other leg. It was hairy, probably, wasn't well, it? Well, it was so, well, he was probably, this was like ninth grade. He was so ripped in that one leg, and the other leg was all like, just, it wasn't like it was, you, you mean know, the op- opposite the, leg? The broken leg was atrophied because yeah. it had just been in a cast all the time, so mm. he had to like, I felt bad. I was like, he's got two non-matching legs now. Wow, isn't that just like our life, Johnny? It is. I sometimes, mean, you know, sometimes you're immobile in certain parts of your life, not yeah. realizing, mm-hmm. but what's happening the whole time is the other parts of your life are growing stronger. Yes. Although it is creating quite the awkward imbalance when you walk. That's where the metaphor comes off the rails. Sometimes it's... <laughs> if you can't escape from your past, maybe God put you in a cast. I mean, isn't that true? He's trying to protect you. I mean, if you don't open the door, the door won't open for you. Yes. If you doubt your powers... You give power to your doubts. Remember the... If you balance this tack hammer on your head, you will attack your foe with a balanced attack. Wait, is that right? Is that something like it was close to that? Mystery Man? Yeah. It was a great movie. Yeah. Under, underrated film. Well, it was pretty dumb, but it was, it was real funny. Dumb. It was In funny. fact, there was a, one of the Comedy Central roasts for his dad, Jerry Stiller, who was the father on, of George on Seinfeld. You knew that, right? You know, I don't think I realized that they were related. Jerry Stiller is, is Ben Stiller's Wow. Dad. 
So Jerry Stiller, they were doing a roast of him, and Ben was on the dais. And so when you're on the dais of those things, you get picked on just like you were being roasted anyway. They'll just look over and be like, Ben Stiller's here. And they just ripped into him. <laughs> and one of the – this is like a year after that movie had come out, and they were like, Ben Stiller's here. Ben, Mystery Men was so bad, I fired my agent. <laughs> That's a great – that's a great rip. Yeah, Dane and I were talking today about uh, – he used to be in a band called Skyhook, and they had an album called Raise the Stars. Yeah. And I just happened to listen to it. A, a line hit me, and I pulled it out, and I listened to the whole record again. Yeah. And the record is so good. Oh, it's good. a great record. Great I mean, record. So if you want just great rock music, you know. Um, and uh, I told him, he, he was like, you're right, man. The record's amazing production-wise. He was like, the writing, he just, he can't, he can't handle the writing in his yeah. mind, you know. I said, look, bro, let me tell you something. It's better to have a record that you're proud of the production yeah. and not so proud of the writing than a few records like we had where... I won't listen to the production or the right like both yeah. drive me out of my mind. We do yeah. have one that I'm proud of the production. It probably could have written a little better in retrospect. I don't want to say, but, but sure. You were unwilling to help me write. I used to ask you all the time, dude, come on, co-write. I just don't really. I just play guitar. I just, <laughs> I just you got it. Why did you let me do that? If you knew I could have done better, you could have sharpened. Very timid, encouraged. Back then, evidently, you were. You know, you wouldn't even play an electric in the beginning. Mm-mm. You play an acoustic. I know. I found photos from that show, our first show in tennis at uh, UT. What? Yeah. Wow. You were wearing the Britney Spears headset mic. That you later adopted when you started, pre- you started preaching with it. And you'd sing shows with it, too. Yeah, because I was playing two instruments. My mom so got me that. Though. Honestly, this is true. My mom bought me that because I would back away from the mic so far. I was so sheepish. Yeah. And uh, she was like, I'm going to get you this headset mic so you can't move away from it. Wow. It's going to follow you. Wow. So that was the... And so, then, uh, But back then, a lot of people had headsets. But yeah, now it looks like you're selling sham wows. <laughs> That's the second episode in a row we've Costco. had a sham wow <laughs> reference. That's last week with the BP oil spill song. You had two references last show, too, that you said that were odd. What was it? What were they? <laughs> like twice in a conversation, you said something that would be odd to say. I'm going to have to go look it up. Well, there's no telling. So, yeah. There's a lot going on up here, John. Yeah. It'll, it may come to me in a minute, but... So my wife has a dentist appointment today. Okay. Total left turn segue. No, it's fine. Perfect sense. And I was thinking about this because, like, she's having pain in one of her back teeth. She doesn't know what it is. And they'll do some scan. Yeah. And sometimes, then it's less so because it's usually like, well, we know what it is. You've got, you know, a cavity. You've got a whatever. You need this. And here's, hey, here's $1,000. Good luck. But I was thinking, like, when you get these tests, like, as you get older, like, I'm due for all these colonoscopy. All that stuff's coming. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, you go into these these offices, and I know you've had this experience before, maybe, uh, or at least someone in your family has, because you were telling me about it, where they see something, and then they call you in, and you're freaked out, and then when they get you in, then they go, it was just a shadow. Yeah, it happened to me. We just found a shadow, and then you're like, you're so relieved to be alive, you'll pay whatever they want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody ever contests the bill right. after a shadow. After good news. But, like, nobody else could ever do that. Nobody. If you took your car in and they were like, we thought it was the alternator, um, but it was just a shadow. It's $400. <laughs> You'd be like, dude, are you That's serious? Awesome. You replaced? Oh, come on. It's just a No shadow. other job. Because you, you need to be on point, is what I'm saying. But the right. human body's so mysterious to us right. that we're just like, whatever the guy says, we got to do it. Yeah. He says, I got to take vitamin D until I die. Yeah. So if I don't do it, I'll, I'll, I'm in this. this. But then there's people that don't listen to their doctors. 
Do you find yourself listening to your doctors less if they're like they appear to have bad health themselves? Do you see? Do you feel disrespect? <laughs> I don't mean question. to be that guy because I'm a heavier guy, but I, but like if my doctor's like you got to lose some weight and you're like, dude, you know what? My doctor is older but in really great health. Yeah, he looks just like um, Rick Lagina off of. The Curse of Oak Island. If you ever watched that show, you just dropped looks just the weirdest. <laughs> I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> he looks like Rick Lagina. That sounds like a name you made up. Like you're checking into a hotel under the assumed name uh, Lagina. <laughs> Rick Lagina. Who is Rick Lagina? He's one of the millionaire brothers who funds the whole project on searching for the lost treasure of. of <laughs> oh, you tell me about cur- this. The Curse of Oak Island. Come on, man. I blocked it all out. Oh, Have they found gosh. the treasure? They found a bunch of stuff, yeah. Okay. They Planted found, stuff like on Storage Wars? No, they found like... Well, they planted... The, the, what do you know? The biggest find... Well, they found little bits of parchment that have writing on it. They traced back to like the 1400s that are okay. 100 feet underground. All right. So how does that get there, Johnny? How does a handwritten parchment get 100 feet underground? They've also... Alien? <laughs> well, there's tunnels under there and there's, oh. there's stuff that has to be stuff. And then they found, uh, the biggest find probably they found yeah. is a lead cross that okay. they traced back. They could actually now trace the lead to uh, the quarry that mm-hmm. it was mined from in Europe. And it was in France near where the Knights Templar. Right. And it's the same kind of cross in a lot of the Knights Templar prisons and stuff there. And they can also carbon date it to the to the. Are you into period. all that stuff, though, like the Knights Templar, the Masons and all that stuff? And that there's, you, you know what? It's weird. The Illuminati's. I, I believe the Knights Templar obviously historically existed. I, I said Illuminati's like that's plural. You did. You like, said it like it was. A- <laughs> there's so many Illuminati's. <laughs> it's like going to Kroger's. Or, it is you know, yeah. going to Kroger's. Yeah. No, I mean, I believe. I, I I don't necessarily. I mean, I know obviously all the founding fathers were in secret societies. In, Skull and bones. That's, that's all a, recorded. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's that's history. So what it was like doing, a pathway to that being in those fraternities and being in those secret yeah. societies was like this. You're not. Until you hang out with us and get hazed and get into this, you're not gonna. And you'd be rich enough, of course. And even to. most of the modern presidents, yeah, have, have been through those things. So I mean, it's it's one of those we don't really know, but hence the name secret, you know. Mm. But uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, though. I will say, yeah, when Epstein, oh yeah, that's. I mean, I can't find a person yet that's like, no, it seems legit. I mean, he was about. It doesn't matter what political stripe or anything. They're just like, no, there's no way that guy who was on Suicide Watch committed suicide. He was about to drop some names. Well, some of it's still going to come out in the court, in theory. I mean, he might not have testified against these people. We don't know that to save his own name. We don't know that he was going to be like, I'm going to name names. He could have been like, I'm going to plead the fifth straight through. We talked in our staff circle this morning about, I mean, this epidemic of sex trafficking. And, of course, those of us with daughters and other things, like the, the way what's happening and how much it's just so hidden, you know? And uh, sometimes when I'm waiting on my girls at Walmart to come out of the bathroom, just stand there and look at the at the missing person's right. list. Oh, yeah, it'll and freak you, just you out. Go, why, why is this like a bulletin board over here by the toilet? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? If this was my kid... Right. You know, and then you realize like what, how has that been normalized in our world? Exactly. We're yeah. all and I know the people who are looking for them. It's not. And how just imagine how frustrated they must be that all of us are just living our lives. And yeah. They've lost the most important thing. And they're, spent, they're never the same. Spend the rest of their life, you know, looking. I mean, for them, it's the same emotion as taken, you know, with Liam Neeson, you know, right. like that, that. That's yeah, how that would, I would feel. Right. You know, frustrated rage and everything trying else. to find Helpless. it. And nobody will listen. And nobody. I mean. It just it's 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 heartbreaking. So I do hope 
not that I I do hope names are given. I hope that we. Oh no, that's the thing. Is like somebody was saying that the other day. Is like this this idea that it's over now. He goes. All we have to do is believe the victims because there are victims who are out of it now who are naming names. Yeah. And so if like we really just believe the victims, we don't need Epstein. You know. Yeah. It's like we need the billionaire to corroborate it. Right. Like he's going to admit, oh, yes, that they were on my plane. It's like, or you could just go to the women who were abused and assaulted who are still alive and right. go, oh, it seems like this seems right. like the same story. It seemed to me that your that testimony That shows how low be, on the totem yeah. pole like the testimony of women is still. And that's a real that's yeah. a real hurdle we got to get through as a culture. Man, absolutely. We got, you know, we had a listener when we talked about some things that reminded us that the, that the best term to use for people is not victim anymore, but survivor. Survivor, yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, we come to a place where the victim is so powerless. You know, yeah. that term brings with it a lack of power, a lack of a voice, yeah. a lack of influence, mm-hmm. um, and it, we almost marginalize those who, Just by our word. who yeah. should be You're most right. empowered in terms of the process of bringing people to justice. Like we, That's a good point. we need you. You're a survivor. Like you've overcome this or survived at least this, and we should help you overcome it mm-hmm. by listening and coming to your defense. Uh, you know, I. I, I agree with that, and it's just a, it's just a tragedy. Um, somebody was talking about they have sons, you know, and but they uh, had a moment. That I can't really say the what happened, but they had a moment where there was a, a female in their life that they're kind of caring for, taking care of, and that they saw a moment where they felt unsafe yeah. for the first time as as a father of a of a dad of a boy mm-hmm. to, to feel what it feels like to have a girl, you know? Yeah. And my kid went on a sleepover the other night, you know, and the whole time yeah. the, the conversations we have to have are horrible. Like right. I don't want to have them with my eleven year old, like, hey, you know, if anything ever makes you feel uncomfortable, you always do this wherever she goes. Wherever. Yeah. But then you have to turn around, no, that's not gonna happen because we love these people and everything's fine. Like it's like you don't want to make her you afraid. Prepare for the worst, no matter what. And then you find yeah. yourself, you're like, why do I? Because it is a loss of innocence just to have to have the conversation. Yeah. In those moments, but it's it's uh, the world we live in. I just, I do hope that, and then that's something I'm very passionate about. I think I'm passionate about it, but I wish I need to be more active about the work of affecting yeah. what's happening in, in this trafficking world that we live in, especially in Nashville, we're we're a hub of all these interstates. One of the main areas that it happens at our truck stops and all these areas, it's like, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. It is interesting to me, though, the Epstein thing, like the political, like the way people are still deeply entrenched, even though both sides, even and kind of an independent, more like me, I I still believe, okay, obviously there was a lot of people, even people internationally were being implicated in this. Yeah. That, so it stretches way beyond U.S. politics. Uh, but, you know, Trump, Clinton, both family were implicated on those planes, in those rosters of, yeah. of the flights that had young girls. I mean, that's pretty much common knowledge. And yet everybody on the right side of things, on the, on the right wing, when he died, was like, Clinton, it's Clinton. And everyone on the left was like, Trump, Trump it's, it's Trump. Trump. It's, it's, they're so sure and uh, I, I think that's so interesting. Like one thing I read that I thought was fascinating was the same people who uh, would make fun of someone for saying that Russia hijacked our election yeah. were the people who said, oh, well, Hillary Clinton definitely committed 56 murders. You know, there's all these the Clintons, the right. people who have committed suicide or, or mysterious, suspicious deaths yeah. around them uh, that are former business associates or had dirt on them, et cetera. Like there's a whole – and some of that stuff has been disproven, honestly. But it, 
even if it's one person, it's suspicious. But I'm saying it is fascinating. We all think that we are uh, not gullible. No, I'm not going to believe that. That's dumb. But then we all have like one thing that we're like, that 100% happened. You know, yeah. the other person's an idiot, but this is what. So like people that make fun of the idea that Russia could, which which a lot of that's been proven, like the Facebook ads they bought. If nothing else to confuse our culture, yes. Right. They're, they're, that, yes. They, that they tried at least or right. that they had agents involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it, just cyber warfare. I mean, it's right. Yeah, we're messing and, with And I don't even know that we're not doing it. Right. I don't know that we didn't do it to influence the, right. the Russia's last election. I don't know how that all, stuff all works. And it's very it's a, a spying is kind of this weird gray area, right? You know, and so I mean, uh, we, we would develop the bomb in secret, you know, if during war. It's like we do the all these things, and so. But I do think it's interesting, and they've seen things. What do you think about Area Fifty One? People are going to storm Area Fifty One. Remember that whole thing? That's a whole crazy thing. Are you a guy that believes in aliens, John? You know, I heard a fascinating theory. I had uh, breakfast with a young man the other day, a fascinating theory I'd never heard on Area 51. And that was, um, and I won't say it exactly as he said it, uh, but I'll give you the gist as I did. So if he's listening and I messed it up, you can correct me at, okay. her next, at our next breakfast. But he was talking about the fact that post-World War II, yeah. um, that we know that Nazis were experimenting on children and we know they were doing it experimenting on human subjects, experimenting scientifically. And they were doing the same in um, South America and Argentina. A lot Uh of the Nazis escaped. Like all that stuff is proven. What what, uh, he said was he read or saw something that Area 51 Uh was actually, even though it was near, you know, as a military establishment of the United States, that the Russians, sorry, that the, yes, it was the Russians and then former Nazis, uh, that they had managed to alter like facial features of young humans to make their eyes big and to make all this stuff. And they managed basically to smuggle them into that area. And the idea was it was, it was a lot like, um, um, uh, what was the radio guy who was talking about the aliens are landing? Everyone oh, Orson Welles. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I lost it for a second. War of the, the worlds. Yeah. War of the worlds. And, and the idea was, that they were going to make us all panic. Well, the, the government caught it and suppressed it. Uh, so they actually found things that looked like aliens and they suppressed it because they, they were humans and they didn't want everyone to know that our enemies of the state were that were able to penetrate that deeply into our infrastructure. And so that it's, so where did this person hear this? I don't know, man. He, he had a lot of cool theories on stuff. Jeez, you know, I think that we're all to your point earlier. I think we're all situational conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Um, you know, you said, you know, that whole, uh, oh, if it's my side, I can easily see. Yeah. You easily can see the other side being, there's a bias. There's just a bias. Completely organized and evil. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those, I heard a guy, a guy last night told me, he said, you know, the older I get, uh, the, the, the less wise or less smart that I feel. I feel like I know a lot less than I thought I knew at 20. I was like, well, that is kind of the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is as much knowing what you don't know. Yeah. As it is thinking you know everything. You know, yeah. that's the scriptural definition of obstinance. I feel more helpless know. the older I get. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel think way that that, less invincible. I feel way less like, okay, there's a lot I can't do. Yeah. And that actually, I think, is actually you maturing. Yeah. Now, if we give in to the despair. Right, right. Know, that's the hard it, part. That's, but that's, that's a balance. Leaning into Christ, leaning into our faith, leaning into community, all those things. That's why I'm there at this point in my life because I recognize the answers aren't as black and white yeah. in my own mind. But it is. Things. It's true. The same people that said, like, Bush is the dumbest 
president we've ever had also said he did 9-11. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. which Somehow one he orchestrated the diabolical. greatest conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You'd yeah. see the same people saying, you'd be like, okay, which one is it? Right, and not having uh, sort of the tension. Yeah. Not I mean, If you lack that cognitive dissonance of seeing that those two things may not be able to coexist yeah. parallel in such a, a neat little yeah. package, that's seeing our bias. In fact, I'm reading a book right now, a great book called Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. And she is British. Uh, she's like a... a Are you reading it in a British accent when you read it? <laughs> Her name is Rebecca. I'm not doing it. No. Uh, and, and she's, uh, I think, Cambridge educated, like a scholar, and just a fascinating um, take on things. It's, it's 12 hard questions for the world's largest religion. And so she's really dealing with what doesn't all religion lead us away from diversity and she's dealing with all the questions. Yeah. I mean, and she has spent her life, uh, you know, struggling as she says with same sex attraction. And so like she's writing as a Christian from a very unique viewpoint. Yeah. That's who's also a scholar, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and one of the things like I was reading this morning, she was talking about like people just assume we have somehow made Christianity. This is back to those biases. We've somehow made Christianity out to be a Western religion. And we don't even understand our own bias in seeing that. So when most Americans are speaking out against Christianity, like they don't really know who they're speaking out against. They can't see that it's actually only within the bias of an American mindset. Right. Because if there's a global church. Right. Sometimes I'll say, you know, uh, in, in a sermon or whatever, like, guys, I, I hope you guys will bear with me here, but I want you to know. I've become deeply entrenched and inherently influenced in my heart by a Middle Eastern religion. You know, like, and that, that people don't understand, guys, that's Christianity. Like, right. <laughs> there's a Jewish guy living in right. Palestine in the first century. You know, like, this is, this is not mm-hmm. English speaking, you know, Anglo Saxon. That may be where those of us who come from those backgrounds, yeah. that, that's what we believe today. But that the, that the average, Christian in the world is a female person of color. And so like when you say all Christians, all Christians, all Christians are this way, like and she makes the point, you really don't know who you're yeah, talking about. You're, when you say, yeah, when you say Christian now, you're imagining a, a middle-aged white conservative yeah. uh, person wearing khakis right. and a polo shirt, maybe coaches volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts, Johnny. Well, yeah, because we don't know the lens. Again, someone said, you know, you can't know what you don't know yeah. to some extent. But you can know because you could read more or we could listen to others around us. And that's what we're all right. trying to do, to recognize that sometimes the bias I have, almost by definition, bias is something I don't know that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very rare. Some people will justify their biases, you know, uh, but that's still a form of ignorance in that respect because what you're saying is, is, I really believe all my justifications. I, I, right. I can't see another side of it. Right. Or you try to overcompensate because you know other people might expect you to have a bias. That's when white people say things like, I don't see color. Right. <laughs> That's right. what causes that. So you're like, yeah, you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, if you can't even see the point of view from which you're speaking, and right. it's that's it's, not that's not right. that shouldn't be the goal that we should not see color, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, so I see what you mean. Yeah, we overcompensate sometimes because we we over perceived bias. Yeah. We, no, someone might think we have, and we all have one. And I don't think it's like I don't or many. And I think that it's impossible. It's kind of like our recovery ministry here. It's so funny. People hear recovery ministry, and they think what drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I mean because that's what recovery ministries have always been, and so. uh 
uh, my buddy, we were doing a we do a thing called lunch at the Grove for newer people in different you know community group leaders and others will come in with a few of the staff members and we'll just hang out, have lunch, we'll buy them lunch with people who are new and, and sit around and kind of get to know each other, you know, and kind of help them through next steps. And he was kind of telling the story, and he's uh, in our recovery ministry right now, and he goes. They were like, hey, you want to you come help us pilot this program? And he was like, well, I don't really have an addiction to alcohol or drugs. But I mean, sure, guys, you're asking me. I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know. And he gets in there, and he picks up a, the, the paper. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, there's 150 things on here, whether it's approval of man. Or right, they're like life-controlling you know, life issues. Ca- yeah, and, and some, um, I think, Silhouette Recovery calls it everyone has their habits, hang-ups, and... Halitosis. <laughs> Hurts. Hurts. Hurts, habits, and hangups. And he said, well, I have like 99 of these, you know, like just because I don't have this one. And people look at that process and go, you just assume, I mean, there's people desperately broken. My hangup is I won't look at that list. You won't? A lot of people won't. I don't want to see the list. Because you just uh, automatically assume that that, that's for somebody else. And I think it's what we assume about racism or what we assume about bias in general is, oh, yeah, racism and bias is what someone else has. Yeah. But by its very definition, bias especially, it's a lens that you probably don't know you're looking through. Yeah. You know, maybe one, not that you're born with, but one that your culture, your upbringing put on your eyes, your choices, your experiences that seem so real to you. The world seems so big while you're mm-hmm. in it, but we don't realize how small your world really is. Yeah, I think that's one of the things like uh, traveling a lot has done for me, you know, and I don't say that like, if you don't travel a lot, then you're not nearly as cultured as I am. I do think it's a huge advantage that, that I was given that I'm grateful for because it does, you start realizing, wow, there's, there's a whole different group of people. There's a whole other, it just makes you see the world in a different way. And you realize how sheltered you've been or how deeply entrenched your own ideas are without meaning to be. And that's not to say we just throw everything out that we ever were raised to believe. A lot of it's right. I'm just saying you start thinking, why do I believe this? Yeah. You know, do, why do I, you know, why am I so defensive about being from the South? Sometimes I get defensive. If I feel being like I'm being judged by Northern people, mm-hmm. you know, because they'll, they'll have a depiction of us that's, you know, whatever. We don't even have all our teeth and we don't know what shoes are for, et cetera. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so yes, yeah, so I come on. I kind of get that, and I'm defensive of that. As your wife's at the dentist, and you came in here barefoot. That's right. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> she's getting veneers, John. It's going to be fine. No, I'm just kidding. She's not. And Johnny's wearing shoes. I'm just I am wearing shoes. They're very nice. I mean, they're made of old tires, but you know, you, he's got them duct taped to the soles of you, his feet. Right? You make do. <laughs> my wife actually, she was. Uh, she did my feet last night. She. Because she was like, you just need to go to my purse. And I was like, no, this has been months. She so did what she, to your feet? She sanded them and did the whole thing. You she let like, your wife give, give you a pedicure. She gave me a pedi. Yeah. You couldn't say the word, by the way. She you gave me a pedicure. Well, I just, I don't know. So, so I was like, okay. So she was like, yeah, I'll do it. So she starts standing away. And then she's like working on this one callus on the side of my foot. And I realized she's getting awful close to like just the bare foot meat <laughs> that's not got a callus. And before I knew it, she's taking a couple of quick sands. <laughs> So I have this horrible abrasion on the side of my foot today wow. that I had to. So it's like I'm thanking my wife, sweetie. Thanks so much for for doing my feet right. last night. Also, you've injured me. <laughs> and now here in secret, me and you can talk about it, and she'll never right. Know. She'll never know that. No, I did. I told her. I said you hurt my foot. She's like, I'm so sorry. She goes, you should. I said by the time it was like she was going like a belt sander. By the time I stopped, it was like it was gone into dust, like a puff of. 
Well, I mean, to Johnny's her defense, flesh. Johnny, I mean, my gosh, she probably is putting every bit of muscle she had into those. They're big bad feet. Boys, I have thir- you know size 13 feet. You can't expect her to, I mean, she was covering a lot of acres. That's what I told I remember saying it when, as she's, she was like, she's kind of looking at me like, here we go. She's got that, you know, look of determination right. as before she starts. And I was like, this poor woman. And I said something I was hoping, it was like a fishing for compliment kind of thing. I was like, I know I got big feet. And she was just like, yeah, they really are. Like, she didn't come back with, like, no, babe, these are... She seemed like a cutting torch. Like, she, she just started, yeah, like the <laughs> Dumb and Dumber scene. The scene. equipment was not <laughs> she needs one of those, to the one job. One of those wire wheels, like you just take rust off of an old Buick with. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm wearing shoes, but yeah, my foot's a little injured, and I don't, I don't want to be a You were bad. talking about how you're defensive of your Southern heritage. Sorry about so that. So I'm defensive of Southern you. heritage, but it's like, yeah, you can, be, you can go too far with that, because honestly... People, here's the number one question I get, honestly, is does your comedy work everywhere or do you have to adapt it? Yeah. Because I think people really believe, oh, there's no way this joke would work with such and such that I grew up with. Yeah. And they're just wrong. I don't. Every now and again, I'll say, well, this is an esoteric church reference. Like, for instance, I'm doing a club show tonight. So I'm not going to go up and be like, you know, that song, whatever. And I'll do the dance. Right. I won't. What? Is that a. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you guys, I was at Toby Mac. No, I don't. So I'm not going to go do it like a drop a Christian culture reference. You guys heard the Ancient of Days. Boy, it is terrific. Yeah. But so there's things I will adapt there. But as far as like north, south, like experiences as a, as a kid, embarrassing moments, my relationship with my wife, it all is the same. And that's yeah. really a relief. Yeah. Both because as professionally, it's a relief. But it's a relief as a human being to be like, we all want the same things and we all laugh at the same things, honestly, if, we're, if it's, you know, it, yeah. because what they want to know is, is it true? Right. You know, that's what we're, that's what we're laughing at. It's like a big amen from a crowd when we all laugh together. It's like, yes. Well, it's shared experiences, it's shared embarrassment, it's shared pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you're bringing to them. Hurts, hangups, and. Hand grenades. You're, <laughs> you're bringing that, uh. I think you're 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 bringing like both levity and comedy because it really is one of those things. I, I believe you can laugh at yourself. Yeah, there's something so relieving about it because I think in our in our own heads. Yeah, I mean all of our problems, the insecurities that they're very heavy, mm-hmm. and you feel broken, which you are, you know. Um, but you feel like you're broken differently than everybody else. Yeah, when That's you realize, like, oh, I think Foxworthy said that one time. He said. Whenever something weird happens in my family or something strange is said at the breakfast table or I have a thought and he goes, I'll immediately think nobody else's family is going through this. And I have to constantly remind myself if it's happening to me, it's probably happening to somebody else. And he goes, and 99 times out of 100 that I've told it on stage, somebody else will be like, that's me. He goes, the weirder, the better. The more specific, the better. Because you're, you're right. People think this can't be. I can't be the only, you know, I must be the only one and you're not. It's, it's so, it's so universal. Well, life, I think real life is found. I don't mean just living life. I mean that having life in your life, being alive. Mm, John, this is guys, our next sermon series, having life in your life. (laughs) I don't want to just be alive. I want to live. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm going. But like where life is found is I, I, I believe where we experience things together. We don't feel so alone and isolated um, it's, it's one of those, so you and I both grew up in, in, um, Pentecostal traditions. Yeah. 
which we are not in now. And the denomination that I grew up in, um, they had a term for our theological – so they had like a statement of fundamental truths. Right. But then they had one of those truths out of the 16 that they called – A distinctive. A distinctive, right. This is our <laughs> Pentecostal distinctive. And that distinctive obviously just means what sets us apart or makes us different from everyone else. And frankly, what makes us better. Right. That's what well, they really exactly meant. what it means. Yeah. You've never heard a distinctive <laughs> yeah. as a negative. You know what right. I'm saying? Like <laughs> That uh, guy smells distinctive <laughs> over there. <laughs> you guys smell fine. He's distinctively different. Right. It, 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 yeah. yeah. It's always positive. It's right in the same line as distinguished. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's, it's going to fall into that in that world. And, uh, I know my buddy John Carey and I and Andrew and I and all of us as we kind of begin, I guess, uh, continuing to grow and, and, and mature, we begin to realize, especially through the theology of community, like, I mean, not the buzzword of it, the theology of it, of what God really does when you live life with other people together. And you may live life in a shallow way with other people, but the more that you go in depth, the more that you follow his ways, like the greater that you experience all the things in life everybody wants, like yeah. you talk about. It's universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the world knows it outside of religion. Everybody wants to be known. They want to go to – it's cheers. You know what I'm saying? You want to go. Everybody knows your name. You want to know where you're accepted and you're known. Are you inviting me out for a drink, so, John? Johnny, I think you know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, – O'Doul's not a sponsor. We, <laughs> nice. We began to realize, like, do I really want – a distinctive that lets everybody know as a Christian or as a church or as a movement what makes us different than them? Like, shouldn't we be focusing, John Kerry said all the time, shouldn't we be focusing on what makes us all the same in Christ? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't like the gospel itself and the, the things about it that are so transformative, like, shouldn't that be where I want to, I want to make that my distinctive, like yeah, what it's makes like, us the same? Yeah, I think we we're really raised to go uh, shout from the rooftops to people who we had just met what they were missing that we had instead of like what Paul did when he went and said, and he saw this whole like altar to all these gods. He was like, see this one that says to the unknown God, this is the God that I've been telling you about. So in other words, when we go find somebody, we can say, God's already working in you and I can show you. Right. Instead of being like, here's what you're missing. It's all this weird stuff I do. Right. That you want, that you should want to do too. Yeah. Instead, we could, we should be looking for what is already like God's fingerprints are already in their situation. And if you don't believe that, that's that's a part of the bias. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't believe God's working in other people. You said something because I uh, on Sunday I got to be at church. It was so great, but you preached and you said something. And I was like, it was such a buzzwordy thing, but it was so good too. And I don't want to be so cynical that I can't be like, <laughs> okay, that's definitely like a title card for a sermon. But it's also like really good because you said. Because you were talking about investing in people and really getting community and doing it for real versus theoretical Christianity. You said, <laughs> you said what did you say? Theoretical Christianity is the heretical Christianity. It's the heretical, the heretical Christianity. Christianity. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. It was good. That's been in my notes for that's a while. Like it wasn't a, in my notes. but That's I like one of those where you're shouting and pointing, but it's a freeze frame of you, and then the words are <laughs> off to the side on Instagram. <laughs> You know, I had a couple of those in that service. I did go 10 minutes longer than the first, like things oh, that you? weren't in my notes. Like I just, of course, the series but from the heart the series called out of the heart Out of the heart. So, yeah, listener, you can go listen to messages, messages from the Grove podcast. If you want to hear my out of the heart series or sermon from this Sunday. Oh, it was really good. So thank you. I highly recommend. The other thing I said that wasn't in my notes that I realized came out like I, I was just like, man, like 
God's ways are over here, yeah. and we're trying to do our way and inviting him to come bless it. But what's, it's not like he's refusing to bless us. He's just saying the blessing is found in my ways. And so he's wanting to bless you in, in, in your life and fulfillment. Not, I don't mean like – it wasn't like a bless you with financial gain and all those things. When does that come? So. <laughs> what sermon will that be? And what I ended up saying, I said – because I felt like a lot of word plays on Sunday. And I was yeah. like, so guys, I mean, if you're not in his ways, you're in his way. Mm to what he wants to do for you. It's true, though. You know, and it was like, oh, my gosh, you know. I, but I, I look back, and I did one thing, I swear. If you had a hanky that you could have waved <laughs> right then. And I, I, I talked about the good house and the God house, the good fight and the God fight. If I don't know how you didn't get tongue-twied and all that. Because <laughs> I got tongue-twied tongue tongue and saying it. <laughs> there was one thing I said. The good house, the God house, the good fight, the God fight. Uh, if you're not in his ways, you're in his way. And, and the, theoretical, theoretical Christianity Christian. is the heretical Christianity. I mean, that was wow. like... I dropped every single thing I had. You're like a white T.D. Jakes over here. You need one of those suits that goes past your knees, one of those coats that comes that would, down. That would be awesome. I don't think you're ready. Something but I like did, that. I did one thing at the end yeah. that if there's ever any – because we, we, we evaluate our messages. We go over them. Yeah. Andrew and I talk a lot about – and I do. I go longer in that second service, and the deal is I think above all like, – It's arrogance. I, <laughs> I think I think above all when I see people's eyes, especially when I know them. Oh right. Like it's not like I'm preaching to them. If you feel like you're connecting. Yeah, when I connect them, like there's energy for me. Yeah. Like, you know if you were a comedian, you would still get in trouble for that. If you're like because that's every comedian. You don't understand. I, I was had killing. Them. Yeah. I couldn't get off stage. Just shining a flashlight in your face. Now here's the deal. I still had us out before eleven thirty. You did which is the I'm mark, t- we so. beat the Methodists to we the did. buffet. Yeah, as long as you're out by 1130, then we're good. But I said something at the end because you were in the room. And did you? I didn't mean to. It's not like I think that, but later yeah. on I thought, I don't think I would have done that unless John was in the room. What did you do? I said, guys, so I've done all these metaphorical things today. Yeah. And there is, you're wondering, like, how do I apply that yeah. to my life? And to me, the Bible says we're already seated in heavenly places. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm alive already in the heavenlies with Christ, but I also am alive in the earthlies over here. And prayer, like praying certain things, not just like, Lord bless this day. Yeah. But like when I pray those truths, I feel like that's where I'm, I'm kind of like straddling this border between the two places. Oh, right. And, you did <laughs> and I go, I go, I'm in the heavenlies, I'm in the earth. And then I, I'm on the east bank, I'm on the west bank. Which is a reference to a Robin Hood Men in Tights. Obscure Mel Brooks movie <laughs> that no one in the audience had probably seen. And I couldn't even look at you. I thought it was a real serious moment, too. Yeah. And, and it I got, did the dance and it and got no response. It got nothing. It fell so flat. I think I put my head in my hands. <laughs> no, like, I didn't. You had us, and then you did yeah, that. No. And then, but no, my friend Chris walked up afterwards. Oh, and he, he knew and the he movie. was like, no way you just referenced Mon- Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like he was rolling. I was like, it was worth it, bro. If it just reached one person. That's true. Hey, Blinken. It did just reach one person. Did you say, hey, Blinken? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm on the East Bank, on the West Bank, Johnny. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I wish you got, Thank you for being there. I do, I do like it when you're in the room. I know, I'm and I love, I love being there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there this weekend, though, and I apologize. I'm well, going to be in San Diego. San Diego? Well, wow, that's going to be nice. Escondido. What? Wait. Escondido, California? No. Encinitas. You're there not, is an Escondido, but I'm going to Encinitas. You're not having a hemorrhage or something right now. No, it's like just random consonants are coming around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to my Pentecostal roots. <laughs> Speak it. No, Encinitas is where I'll be, and I'm doing a, a church there Encinitas. on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday night. Come on, that's a tent revival. Evidently, you're going to love it. 
Oh, Sunday. Uh, that'd be great. You, I don't think it'll be much hotter than it is here. You know, today... No, San Diego's perfect. It's like, that's, yeah. the, that's the reason to live there and pay all that money is because index, it's 70 degrees every day. People don't realize this, but Nashville is like New Orleans. Like, we're in, it's a, so swampy. We're in a basin. It's one of the, some of the highest humidity and, and, and worst allergies in the country. And when it gets like today, today the heat index is going to hit like 109. What I like to do on a hot day like this is climb on the top of Mount Juliet, where it's the most temperate. Yes. And you just bask in the... Yeah. There is no Mount Juliet. If there you're is listening, no Mount Juliet. If you don't live here, there's no Mount... We get, we get... We get... We get... We got a complaint one time because we referenced too many local... Geograph- ge- geographical... Geographical points. Wow. Geographical. <sighs> but I just think it's interesting that I moved here 12 years ago yeah. to live in Mount Juliet, which is Mount Juliet, but for some reason they call it Mount Juliet. Juliet. And there is no... It's just named after a town in Ireland that this guy loved who named this town it was after, actually named after an estate okay but yeah, was there like a mount like a is house. there a mountain obviously there's a mountain in ireland there's a mount <sighs> juliet i don't know a lot about the but anyway there is no mount juliet it's the flat it's a flat middle tennessee yeah. there may be a few hills but yeah. there's nothing so that's a big local joke is i climbed mount juliet right which is basically the top of cheddars <laughs> you just stand up there and you get in trouble for that yeah you, they, they don't, don't like it they, they don't frown like it it's got that bit. ladder up the back but you're not supposed to use it they apparently. don't like it Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, um, I yes. you know what I did yesterday? What? In the heat, I took a little run. Mm-hmm. And I was That's just, tough. And there was actually a breeze. I don't know what it was. How'd you make it? How'd you go? Six miles. You didn't do six miles in the heat? I did. I couldn't believe it. You probably lost 10 pounds. Well, I don't know. I just, I hadn't felt well that morning, but I went out and I just kind of, I've discovered now, I've ran a little further, I've run a little further and mm. discovered a perfect six-mile loop back to my spot, you know? So I just decided to go do it. Like, I kind of just willed it to happen a little bit, you know? Yeah, you got you to gotta push through. Last couple miles, pretty rough. Like, so that's how I know I'm not all the way there. But then I went to coach later, and I don't know, I probably got a little m- more heated than I thought, you know? Yeah, that's when it hits you is and, when you're back in. Yeah, and I was seeing, I thought I'd just been out in the sun, and I came into the gym, and it was like, oh, wow, it's really bright outside. And, I, you know, you, you look, if you're bright outside, you come in, you feel kind of blinded, mm-hmm. but it never went away. So oh, it's like, no. For like 30 minutes, I was having like, you know, because I've seen floaties seen and stuff. spots you know? and stuff. Yeah, it finally eventually went away, but it may have been, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. So it was fine. I didn't feel that way running. It was fine. I was very hydrated. I just think I was in the sun a long time. And so the sun, I, you know, I was struggling. No, it's great. Bit. Just reach for your dreams, John. Orphan your children. No, it was fine. Only you only have the child. one. Right. It'll be fine. Honey, I was fine. If you I see floaties, stop. I sweated quite. I didn't see floaties when I was running. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't until right. like I'd showered and put my coaching attire on and was at the gym. I'd eaten. Like, yeah. I think I just honestly had been in the bright for so long. That's what it was. I'd been outside so long in the bright. That's all it was. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I shouldn't. I'll edit all of this No, out. you can't. You, this, this be, listen, this is when you're... Hookups and hangups and what is it? Hurts. <laughs> it's uh, hurts, habits and hangups. Okay. And yeah. So why would you? Why are you don't be vulnerable with our audience? I don't want to be vulnerable with my wife about this because I uh, want to go run again. You know, she's not going to stop you from running. No, she she's wants not. you to be. But fit. she was always like, "Now, John, if it's too hot out there, I was like, no, it's fine. And I am. I'm made for heat, bro. I don't like. I did it. You know, it was fine. You're made for heat. I do. I enjoy. I hate the cold. Oh, well, everybody hates love, the cold. No, that's not true. Some really? People, yeah, so I love it when it's hot. But I grew up doing commercial lawn, lawn care. So yeah, you're out I'm in I'm used it. to being out. I like it when it's hot. And now that I don't have any hair, like I don't wear a hat very often, you know? I just kind of... Head's getting all tan? Yeah, I just let my head kind of tan a little bit, you know? Don't worry about it. <sighs> my, so. my head will never tan. 
Well, oh yeah, you're you have it so bad with a full head of hair in your forties. That's a bummer. You make me so angry. Hair is wasted on the young and on the talented. You know what I'm saying? The rest <laughs> of us, right? it's just like, dude, you and Moby, you're killing it. Man, I just, I don't know. And I don't know. who else? Uh, you can't think of anyone else. <laughs> I can't think of Captain Picard. <laughs> Isn't it sad that he's like in the in the 25th century? They still haven't cured baldness on that episode. <laughs> they cured all the diseases on that version baldness. of Star Trek. They're like, yeah, we're in the, yeah. The year is 2600, and we got a bald captain. Yeah, but we are flying to other planets. Well, Expect I mean, me to believe this. I'm not sure that it's a thing to be cured, is it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, eradicated. I <laughs> <laughs> kid. I'm not gonna lie. My life is so much simpler. Oh no, I would love it. Just yeah. And I think you, that you my, cut it yourself. Oh yeah. And I think that my head turned out okay. That was the thing. We just got didn't a good know. Head. Oh, you got a so good I, head. So it's like, there could be anything about up there when yeah. I took this off. Yeah, it could be square. Know? Yeah. So when I when I took it off, I was like, okay, this is not so bad, you know. Um, and it was liberating. And I've, I've got a bump here right under. And, it, and if my hairline were to go back, very because it's, it's coming back a little bit. But if it were to go back a couple inches, I've got a terrible little bump here. But you never know, though, till it's all gone, how much that bump may not it's be like as big. It's like a wart. may not be as big a deal as you think. So You think I could just shear it off? Just like, shear it clean? Shear the bump off of yeah. your hair? shear the bump. I don't think that's how bumps work. I mean, you can bleed if you want to. Okay. Do you understand how flesh works? I'm not a phrenologist, John. Do you know, you know what, what she did you know, to your... Do you know what a phrenologist is? Isn't that the one that looks at the uh, look landscapes at the, of your... The contours of your head? They can decide things about you based on the bumps on your head. Yeah. And the, yeah. You believe that? I, I, I don't know. Wow. I need a definitive answer right now. I believe it's a thing. People get paid to do it. Well, oh, well, Johnny. There's a lot of jobs. You and I both get paid to do I was, I was thinking about this. Regan, Brian Regan has a bit about, uh, he heard about pet psychics, and he was like, I want in on this. He was like, what an easy job. You'd just be like, all right, is there a, I'm getting a, is there a bowl or a dish <laughs> somewhere? <laughs> there is. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my puppy, uh, Ace, has, no. he's up to like five pounds. He wow. started off at like one and a half since we've had him. He's a little piglet. Like he eats well, like crazy. How big is he supposed to get? Fifteen. Okay. Well, he'll get bigger than, than Brutus. Yeah, then. he's about five. He'll be about five pounds more than Brutus, I think. He loves to lick your face, but also he chews everything and bites a lot, you know? He so doesn't know. Biting still. your face? So he will go after your earlobe. Like he drew blood oh, on yeah. me. He oh, drew yeah. blood. I didn't realize it. It just hurt and the next day I had like this dried blood on my ear. So uh So we watched the show botched. Yeah. You ever seen it? No. It's basically about a plastic, a couple of plastic surgeons who fix terrible plastic surgery disasters. Is it like a reality show? Yeah, it's a reality yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's on That's whatever, yeah. you know, E, probably. Yeah. F. Yeah. G. Um, so they had this lady, and she, 10 years ago, had her this dog, and it would always, like, love on her. And she would she leaned down one day, and then the dog jumped up. And before she knew it, the dog had bit the tip of her nose off. Wow. Just in a, like a quick, she jerked her head back. He had his jaws clenched around her nose. Just a quick, like little, wow. he got too excited. And uh, so she had this like terrible nose issue. And it was fixed by one doctor, but not good. And then, so this doctor, had, I was like, what a night. I don't know. And they said they put the dog down, which I was like, I couldn't do that. But maybe if my dog disfigured Sometimes me. Sometimes by law, they do that. Really? Even if it's your dog? Yeah. Because yeah. they say it's dangerous for the if public. If a dog has, has bitten a person, then... I know, I know that from firsthand. Our dog got attacked uh, one time. Yeah, and so, but it by a lady. It with, got no 
the my father in law actually stepped in to try to help, and the other dog attacking Brutus like yeah. got him a couple times. Oh my they ended up putting that dog down. I think the deal was that they had to once it attacks a human. You That's know, awful. So. Yeah, it was actually a really traumatic experience in our life. Um, for, well, you need to keep Ace on the straight and narrow then. That's well, the rule. you know what's – what's? Uh, I can't let my daughter listen to this. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Other people do, though, who know her. Hmm. Mm. Yes, there are predators in the area uh, sometimes of the aerial persuasion. And he's small enough, so I'm trying to code all this as if, you know – and so my neighbor was like, dude, oh, watch like, out. Right. Yeah. Know, watch out People that have little dogs, you got to worry yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we're always outside with them and stuff. But There's coyotes and stuff, too. Yeah, but I put like a little fence all around the big fence, you know, oh, now. Oh, coyote so, proof, you think? Absolutely. Coyote could never break through that. So. Have you never seen the old Looney Tunes? These coyotes are wily, John. <laughs> They're very wily, aren't they? <laughs> it's so stupid. They can order anything from Acme they need to get through it. I think so. that's where we should end. Oh, that's funny. On that terrible... You know what? Maybe you're wily, listener. Maybe not. <laughs> Why did you use that with maybe not, weirdo? Hey, well, keep uh, reviewing and subscribing yeah. and, and telling people because uh, we're growing. We're really doing yeah. well, and we're so glad to have new listeners. And if you're listening for the first time, we hope you enjoy your next podcast better. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I did hear from some listeners who said they'd be willing to contribute to Patreon if we were to do that. We got to do it. So I think it's not it's, hard to set up. No, it's not. I think it maybe about time. Because honestly, without money, I don't see why I should keep prioritizing this. <laughs> week in, week out. Like, what's the point? Well, this, is this capitalism or not? Is this America? Right. I thought this was America. We have done this at our own expense uh, for, you know, a while now. This is episode 73, I think. We've only got ourselves to blame. And so the deal is our main reason for patreon would be to try to uh expand one production as we need to yeah to make it better when we have guests marketing get the word out better but that's the number one reason is to get to more people you know is to get it on different platforms and different places where somebody's really promoting it outside of what we can just do so with word of mouth so uh, but word of mouth has not gone great it's it's awesome but we would love to reach even more so uh be watching we probably will uh institute patreon i think in the the near future and i'd love to hear from more of you guys if that's something you're really interested in uh, you can always email me directly, actually, at john at johndriver.com. That's actually a really easy email address. Our our email address for the podcast is a little longer than that, so we're not going to even give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> if I told you the password, you'd crack up. There's a funny story there. I have to have Dane on and talk about you know, the talk story. Talk that. It wouldn't give us the name of the password, but but the words are on there. So, But anyway, um, and you can also go follow Johnny W., uh, on Twitter, he's still building his new Instagram following. Please, I got hacked and hacked. stolen, and yep. that really was Russians, yeah. or at least a Russian. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm up to like 500 maybe now. Yeah, that's awesome. But how many did you have before? But literally, I had there's a there's a guitar company that's like looking at endorsing me, and yeah. they literally went to my Instagram like he's only got and uh, some, and the person who was like vouching for me was like, no, you him. don't understand. Yeah. So it literally can, if you don't have that kind of cloud, it can cost you work. How many did you have before? It was like over 2,000. Wow. Yeah. Which is still not great, but it's like. Yeah, yeah but for Instagram, that's great. Yeah. So, Some, guys, go follow Johnny on yeah. Instagram, man. I mean, he just, guys, he just he just wants I'm to be. I'm doing my best to bring you memes and terrible photography. And the least you can do is click follow. Right. You could follow it. And then, so he's, do Johnny it. needs a new guitar. Thank you. Come on, give him a hand. All right. So, <laughs> hey, we do appreciate you listening always. And uh, send us also questions, other things that you uh, would love to hear us talk about. Um, you know, 
the questions can be about anything, Johnny. Yeah, they don't have to be about. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to. Like, you don't have to direct a spiritual question to me. Sometimes yeah. that happens, you know, it's fine. Sometimes, like, I, I love those. I'm happy to do those, you know. But sometimes it's like, hey, Johnny, right. who's your favorite theologian? It's like, hey, Johnny. And then you start asking Johnny all these hilarious questions, yeah. you know, about his life and stuff. Because apparently you think he's more fun than me. So, and maybe he is. I don't know, Johnny. Maybe you are. But I, mean, I want a fun question every once in a while. Is that okay? You don't think C.S. Lewis would have been fun to hang out with? Actually, I really do enjoy that stuff, so it's fine. Ask whatever you want. It's no problem. So. Maybe <laughs> we'll answer that next time. Yeah. But we will look forward to speaking to you next time on. Talk about that. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? Maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.